Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're talking about video evaluations with Joanna Shield. So today, beautiful teachers, we're joined by Joanna Scheel, who's one of our staff writers and editors at Vibrant Music, and we're talking about using video evaluations as a way to show students and their parents the progress that's happening. So we would love to hear about your experiences with evaluations and how you approach them as your thoughts come up as you listen to today's show. Join the conversation in the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Facebook group. Just ask to join if you're not yet a member there. So Joanna... Tell us, why is it important in the first place to do any kind of progress update, evaluation, report, anything like that? Why do we need them? For, I mean, it's really for teachers and for students and for families. It's, I think, with piano teaching, we tend to have such a long-term relationship with students and parents. It can be easy, easy to slip into the role of just teaching and showing up every week. And that's it. Like, you know, we can set our goals, but then it can be hard, especially for parents to see progress. So I would say evaluations are really important to just keep families updated and connected with what's going on with the student. And oftentimes parents are not, they might be really involved in lessons early on, but as time goes on as well, especially they tend to take more of a step back. And especially with teenage students, I find that parents really want to take a step back away from lessons, give them a bit more independence. So it's important to make sure that parents or students are aware of the progress that they're making over time. And then also for teachers as well, it's so handy to be able to look maybe twice a year, or even if you're doing a weekly kind of little update for yourself as to what the students are learning, it's so important to be able to go back and see the information that they've covered and what, how they're doing, whether there's any areas that they need to work on, or it's sort of, it's a little bit of an early flag or warning, you know, if there's anything that's going on with the student, you can then check in on that and see what's going on. Yeah, I think it's really important to have those moments when you're going to check in and you're going to hold yourself to that because we can intend to like, yeah, yeah, I'll keep an eye on the big picture, you know, and we mean we have the best of intentions. But if we have like periodic things or some kind of a system in place where we regularly check in, I think that's really good for us. And as Mm -hmm. you say, for parents, it's really good for them to know what progress is happening because they can't, necessarily see it they don't know the difference between a piece that is a level one and a level two or a grade 
three and four. Like that doesn't feel like anything different to them if they didn't study music to a pretty high level. They're just not going to understand that part of the learning process. And I think as a side note, if you have parents who are really pushing for exams, that has all stopped And I, in my studio. And I believe it's largely because of having regular progress updates. So they see that progress is happening. A lot of parents just want those exams because they want a measure of progress. Like they want to see that something that they're going somewhere. Yeah, that's so true. And I find that also as well. I find that if I slip a little bit on the evaluations or I'm not being as clear in kind of conveying how much students are learning, or you know, maybe I'm not communicating you know, maybe just a quick note after the lesson and saying, oh, hey, you know, so-and-so is doing really well. They're really far ahead with their scales at the moment. Yeah, that can sometimes lead to the exam question. And the exams always come with that, that side note from the parents of, you know, this will push them to achieve something or this will, you know, we just want to see what level they're at. I think, yeah, that's definitely a good point. Yeah. So why did you then decide to try video evaluations? What brought this on? It's really, I think, because I teach online completely now, It's it felt like that I needed some other way or some different way to communicate with parents or with students just to give them something else. Because at the moment, our performances are online as well. It feels like a natural question to go into video evaluations. So, you know, we're we're already recording videos for our recitals. So why not, you know, tie that up into creating something a little bit more regular as well. So, and I'm always, I really love technology. I, I like the idea of embracing more modern ways of performing or thinking about, you know, the way that actually music is shared a lot now. So a lot of people are on social media sharing their work and yeah, a lot of people are recording themselves. And I just thought we have so much technology at our fingertips. You know, everyone's got a phone now that they can use to record a video. So, you know, we can easily record our own practice sessions with a video or with a microphone. And performance is more than just the audio. It's it's also about the way that you present yourself. And there's more ways to present ourselves now, right? Because we have video, so we can edit the video. We can add like a little intro or an outro, or add titles you know, text to our screen as well. So yeah, that kind of brought on this new idea for me anyway, for video evaluations in addition to like a written report. Yeah, I love that. Embracing the technology that you're already using because you're an online teacher, but any teacher can make use of it. As you say, everyone has a a phone. I was about to say smartphone. I was like, I haven't said that in a while. All phones. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So how... Should these videos be recorded? How would teachers go about it? Or do students do it themselves? What's the sort of process there? It really depends on your workload (laughs) and how much you want to be involved. I've actually found that giving parents the task of doing it or students even themselves has been really easy. It's not a problem at all. And some actually really embrace the task and the challenge 
and yeah I in, if I'm doing it if I was in studio doing it I would just do it quickly in lesson make it part of our lesson just with the phone or you know we might prepare for a few weeks especially for recording a performance but for an evaluation you could just do it really quickly in lesson and record a piece but yeah if I give the task to parents often it's I just give them the task record a video of this piece that we've been learning let's you know keep a track or record of what we've been learning through the year and they'll really turn it into something else and really embrace it which has been really interesting to see the different videos and outcomes that I've had come in. Yeah super so can you give some examples of what those videos might look like? Yeah so for example I had a student record a video which we ended up using for the Christmas recital and she really got into character for the piece and decorated her keyboard and her piano with you know pictures I think it was the outer space piece from Piano Safari and she decorated it with planets and she turned the lights down and had like twinkly lights on in the background as she performed you know and I also created her own intro kind of verbal intro and outro and yeah it was more than just a video of her playing this piece it was like the whole thing so it was it was interesting you know because they're starting to think more about the music as an expression or a piece of art than thinking about it as just something that I'm going to play now yeah Absolutely. It's a whole production. I hear you saying that sometimes these end up becoming performance pieces, like performance videos that you use for your sort of online concerts. If they're not that, where do they go? Where do you put these videos? I just keep hold of them. So I might just keep them in a Google Drive that I share with the parents at the end of the year. Some students actually decide to make their own YouTube channel and we can put them up there and it's up to them completely how they want to share it. They're in control of the privacy settings and it's up to them if they want to do that. So then they have like a little playlist of their first year of piano lessons or their second year of piano lessons. Yeah, that's where it goes. Yeah, I love that. We did a little feature in one of our online concerts a couple of years ago during peak pandemic times. But as part of the online concert, I did a feature which was then and now. And I took students who we'd had for, I think, more than five years, something like that. I set a kind of benchmark for myself. Just for those, I went back and found the footage from like their first concert or the earliest concert I could find and did those side by side. And I think for these students, as you keep going with this, they're going to be able to constantly look back and see where they've come from and the progress that they've made. Yeah, I think that's the amazing thing of technology, right, of this kind of way of recording information. And it's so powerful, you know, because as I said before, we're learning piano for a really long time. There's no way around it. You just, you're always learning the piano. So it's really useful to be able to see like over a year, you know, how you were at the beginning, what can you play now? And so, and you forget or you don't realize because those steps are small. You don't just make a ton of progress very quickly. It's, it takes time. So it's useful just to, yeah, for, and for parents and families to see it and take pride in what they can do. And yeah, it's important. Absolutely. To see that incremental progress become not incremental. Like when you can jump back yeah. in time, you can really see what's happening. So how often roughly do you do these videos? Is it whenever a piece is ready? Is it like certain times of the year? Yeah, I, ha I started out very ambitiously, as I always do, <laughs> like once a month. <laughs> and then it became very obvious that for most students, that's not going to be 
useful especially if the student has a shorter lesson you know well they don't have as much time or if it just takes them longer to learn a piece so I'm a little bit more relaxed now so some students will make maybe four videos in a year some a few more it depends on where they are with their learning and how fast they're learning yeah and I'll do that in addition to like a quick written report as well just like a little addition yeah I think it's important to be careful about what you commit yourself to I guess like, yeah. you're doing them every month that's one thing if it was a video that only the parents record and they upload themselves or something but when you're doing a little written report like you say little and it could be a couple of lines but once you get up in your numbers of students that becomes a really overwhelming task so we do them the written version three times a year here and I think that is really plenty you know, say four times yeah. a year is good too, but like, be careful going overboard with this. So if teachers are looking to try this, maybe you start with just doing it once and not committing yourself at all and then see how you like the process and how often you could do it. I think that's really important to remember. And I, I have a small studio. I don't have, I, I keep it that way for purpose. So, you know, I have a bit more time, but I think ways to get around that, like you said, is to give the task to the student to do. And just, you you know, sometimes just giving the task to someone else to do and just letting them get on with it. You'd be surprised at how much that takes off your plate. And it's a good experience for them as well to start to like record those videos themselves and get into that habit themselves without you doing it I think it's really important too yeah and you'll probably find that on the week that they're doing that they're going to practice so much more as well that's a bonus because mm -hmm. they're going to want to really polish that piece and take a lot of ownership over the situation if, if they're supposed to do it during the week yeah absolutely yeah okay well thank you so much for describing this process it's been really interesting different way to look at evaluations and thank you for coming on the show again joanna thank you thanks for having me so remember we would love to hear about your experiences with evaluations and how you approach them join in the conversation in the vibrant music studio teachers group over on facebook we'll see you there and we'll see you back here next week One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.